Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to Connex, the Content Experience Show. I'm Randy. I've got Anna here. And this week's episode was fun. It was fun because we kind of got to hear two podcasts, if you will, in one. And don't get confused as you listen to the beginning of this one, because you may remember Jessica Cross from Rollworks. Bogdan used to be there, Bogdan Zladkov, who's the content marketing manager at LinkedIn Learning Solutions. So we got to get to LinkedIn, but we had to get through Rollworks to kind of get there, right, Anna? Yeah, but we had some really good conversations on the way, specifically about a holiday horrors campaign uh, that they executed. And now that everybody's done with the holidays, I think that'll be an, a nice little way to officially start 2019 with our first podcast of the year. True, true. I, you know what, I actually thought that the way he spoke about that, that holiday horrors was really cool, not just because it was thematic, but more so that they use their own data to deliver this this campaign. And we tried that this past year. We've had huge success. We did the content experience report at Uberflat, where we leveraged our own customers' data to help understand trends. And, and I think that's something that, that brands just don't do enough. I, I know you find this stuff really intriguing. Oh, yeah, especially the stories that we could tell. And when we safely and responsibly use data to tell those stories and, and Bogdan talks us through sort of how they did it and found trends. But obviously, you know, in light of data breaches, we once again recommend data, responsible dataing. I don't yes. know if that's, uh, that's a thing, but it don't, is now. Don't drink in data. Absolutely. Right. All right. So and then the second half, we actually got to, to hear a little bit about his his new landing at LinkedIn, where... I'll, I'll let everyone tune in to hear just very honest feedback from Bogdan about you know being at a very nimble content machine versus being at a very well-built, well-established content machine being LinkedIn. So I think this podcast will have something for everyone, regardless of if you work at that growing, hacky company or that larger company and how you balance the role of content within. So let's, let's roll this podcast. I believe you got to bring in Bogdan. Here we go. Bogdan, thank you so much for being with us today. It's really great to be able to chat with you. Thanks, Anna. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit off air, but for everybody tuning in just now, would you mind um, just uh, giving an overview about yourself? Sure. I am a content marketing manager here at LinkedIn. Um, but prior to that, I worked in the wonderful world of Hollywood, where I worked on some reality TV shows. That's where I sunk my teeth into video. And then I had a brief stint in a dream job, which was a travel videographer. So I basically got paid to travel around the US for a couple years, and then finally decided to get a little bit more domestic and stick here in San Francisco and do content. 
Nice. I have so many other questions now, but because <laughs> we're going to be talking about the content experience show, I'll save all of my like reality show questions and all the dirt for later when we're off the air. So because we are just coming off of the holidays and I know everybody's probably detoxing, it's a brand new year. Um, when you were actually at Rollworks, you did this really cool holiday horror campaign. Um, and it was really interactive and it was just this great piece of content. How did this come to be? And can you give us a little bit of an overview about exactly what the holiday horror campaign was? Because I know everybody probably just came off of the holiday horror train. Sure, sure. It was a really interesting campaign. Um, and it started out as a lot of campaigns that I work on start out. Um, and that's really like trying to solve like a very basic pain point that the customer might have. So in the case of AdRoll, the customer are e-commerce companies. And something that happens to them around the holidays is like for everyone else, the holidays is this joyful, wonderful time, time to be kind of like working a little bit less, more family time. It is the exact opposite for people running e-commerce companies. It's like crunch time. It is super, super stressful. It literally can make or break their entire year. So knowing that, we figured out that they know that they're supposed to spend more on ads around the holidays. But the big question is, when do you start? How much do you spend? When do you spend it? Uh, and so a big part of the holiday horror campaign was helping them figure out the timing of that. And being ad role, we have access to all this proprietary data that we can aggregate from all of our customers. And so what we did was we created this calendar, which basically served as like a heat map where we took all of our proprietary like CPC, CPM data, and we mapped it across the different months from October to January to show people kind of where they could get the best bang for their buck on different days. So you could see like you could print out this calendar or you could just put it into your GCAL. It would integrate itself. And with color coding, it would show you when's really expensive to spend on ads, when's cheaper, and you can kind of adjust your plans accordingly. Nice. I also love that you use proprietary data for that because I think a lot of companies out there, especially those in content marketing roles, don't realize just how powerful proprietary data is and what kinds of stories it can tell. You know, we're always looking to third parties to validate some of the things we're doing or to provide backup. But it's sometimes if we just look at our own data, it, there's so much content to be mined from that. Definitely. I think using that data responsibly is super, super important. And it's not so much yes. that you have to like use the actual specific numbers. But in the case of the holiday horror campaign, we were just kind of showing trends, which yes. I think to everyone else, it's super, super valuable. Yes. No, just to clarify, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> um, promoting a, a data breach of yeah. any kind or releasing yeah. sensitive yeah. information. I would never know, but just exactly like you did, like looking for trends, looking for data that can provide value back in a very anonymous way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Using data in a fun way. I think data to a lot of us as marketers is overwhelming and something that we have to like go make a quick decision on. But it's as as you're pointing out here, it can help people figure out what their their year might look like. Um, I, I'm wondering when when we're marketers, we're always trying to figure out what's going to get someone to click through, what's going to get us more data, if you will, at the end of the day. Uh, you know, it's a terrible cycle we have here. What kind of results did you see with this campaign? Uh, you know, versus some of the more traditional ebook type format you may do year round. That's an interesting topic because right now I'm in the 
throes of like researching different content formats. Um, and interestingly enough, and I think this is popping up in all sorts of surveys, is that ebooks are not people's preferred form of consuming content, yet everyone kind of over indexes on them. So I think it was right. something like less than 30% of people prefer to read an ebook. Sure, they'll download it and you'll think, oh, I got a lead. People are interested in this. But I'm sure I'm not the only one where I have a bunch of ebooks sitting on my desktop. Uh, that I forget to open. So the reason that I think that this campaign performed better than our other campaigns is because it provided that interactive element. So just in terms of like downloads and clicks, the calendar outperformed all of the other assets in that campaign. Of course, we made an ebook. Um, we also did a webinar. We also did like a checklist, but because that was like a interesting like kind of different format people were more likely to consume that than to consume the exact same information but in a different format gotcha that's that's great i mean i i love how you turned it into multiple assets but hook people with something unique and different what i want to do is take a short break but when we come back you've moved over to linkedin so you're now yeah you're now the big organization not that adderall was was any small shop by any means you know, at this big organization, I'm wondering what you've been able to, to bring in as the new way you're going to get started creating content there. So we'll, we'll be right back here with Bogdan to dig into that and all new at LinkedIn. Hi, friends. This is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at Convince and Convert. Com. All right, Bogdan, we're back. And now you're at LinkedIn, probably a dream job for a content creator. I love just creating content on LinkedIn. Uh, and the funny thing that I that I was you know, contemplating as to what I wanted to ask you is, I associate LinkedIn as where I go and share raw thoughts, you know, like ideas that I've gotten in the moment. If any of you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see I'm always posting a video and it's pretty damn unpolished, right? But I know a lot of great marketers who have worked at LinkedIn, people like Jason Miller, people like yourself now. And a lot of the stuff that comes out of there just feels so polished and it feels so methodical to this big vision. What is your expectation? I know, I know you're only a month or so in, but what is your expectation in terms of the type of content you're going to be pumping out? Sure. So I think the, the biggest difference that I'm noticing so far is just how well thought out each piece of content is. So here I'm noticing that we definitely move a lot slower, um, but it's because we're concentrating on creating something that's really going to be stand out and, uh, and get your attention. So 
for instance, at other organizations, I might be doing like an ebook every like month or two. Here, we're probably going to end up doing like an ebook every, uh, maybe every one to two quarters. But that ebook is going to be very, very well thought out, researched, tons of data put into it. It's going to be validated by third parties. It's super, super well thought out. Another thing that I've noticed is that every single piece of content that we come out with is always correlated to the product, which I think in a lot of organizations isn't the case. So it not only gets correlated to the product, but specific features. So for example, we have this campaign called The Gift of Learning, where we modified the learning product so that if you click the share button now on any course, it shares it out onto LinkedIn and unlocks it for all of your connections for 24 hours. So not only is it like you're sharing content and we have a content campaign behind that, but we actually modified the product so that it like enhances the uh, content campaign. Nice. I think in all honesty, I've looked at a lot of LinkedIn marketing resources and I think it's a testament to quality over quantity. I think to what you're just saying about, you know, methodically planning these things out and getting things more on the quality spectrum than cranking things out every month. Um, The other thing that's really fascinating is how you had just said that all the content is tied to the product. And I know that there's a lot of debate out there about how you should be looking at things just outside, not just what you do or what your product is or what your business is, but also look at sort of the peripheral and kind of what feeds into that. And whenever content marketers kind of misconstrue that is they start there and they add that there before they really lock in their product content. And it sounds like LinkedIn is really focused on locking, locking in that product content, which it's, it's apparent. It shows the quality is really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, um, I can't say this for sure, but my guess is that it's, it has to do with our staffing and the way that different teams are built. So for instance, at previous companies I've worked at, uh, we would have maybe like maybe two to five product marketing managers here. I think just on our team alone, we have something like 15 to 20 Oh, wow. And so you have each product marketing manager can dedicate themselves and go so much deeper into that aspect of the product that they own so that when we're all working together, you have much deeper insights about what we could do, different ideas and things like that. So just from like a team perspective, I think the structure is super important to help you make those quality pieces of content. Well, it's, it's really interesting looking at the, the two parts of this podcast. You know, the first part, where, as you said, you're, you're at a high growth company, you know, still defining itself to a degree in the market. And you got to be raw. You got to show people how to think outside the box. And, and I think what I'm hearing at LinkedIn is, is all of us listen to this podcast is you know, there's a difference when you get into someone who's established, right? Because, you know, you have product marketers who make sure the product is defined for the masses. You have, you know, you take on content products that are less perhaps about like, let me tell you about LinkedIn more. Let me tell you what LinkedIn can do for you now that you already know this brand and it has all this brand affinity. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, how you're going to adjust your writing style, if you will, you know, moving over. Have you had any thoughts about that? Have you had any ideas? It's, it's kind of a clean slate, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think one reason that they hired me is because they really liked my writing style. And so they told me like, please do not let us change your writing style. Like keep that. 
And if others were to describe the way that I write, you know, whether it's blog posts or eBooks or anything like that, they would say that it's always very, very instructive and very actionable. So if you can't read a piece of content that I've made and immediately that same day do something with it and change your whatever you're building, then I usually don't write on that subject matter. I'm a massive fan of that. I think that is exactly to me the purpose of content and creating content is making it actionable and informative and insightful. If people just wanted to read something casually, they would go pick up a book or pick up something else. But yeah, agreed. When it comes to branded and product content, I'm on the exact same page and I love that outlook. Bogdan, thank you so much for um, joining us. I know that We've gotten to talk about both sides, um, both at Rollworks and of course now at LinkedIn. Hopefully in the near future in 2019, again, maybe later, once you've had a little bit more time there under your belt, we can come back and have you talk more about all of the great things that LinkedIn marketing has in store because there's a lot, a lot of content. Any particular place that you'd like to send audiences to check out some of this great content that's in progress right now at LinkedIn? I would say the the LinkedIn learning blog um, come in like about three months or so. It's going to be really, really huge. And and we're going to build it up really big. So that's uh, learning.linkedin.com. Nice. All right, everybody. So go take a look. Um, In the meantime, we are going to chat with Bogdan a little bit more on the personal side now that we've gotten to know him on the professional side. So Bogdan, stick around. And Randy's got some great um, getting to know you questions lined up. All right, Bogdan. So I'm still stuck at the beginning of the podcast where you told us about this dream job and you got to travel the world or travel America, I think you said. Now you landed in San Francisco, but if you didn't land in San Francisco, tell us where you would have landed and the best food joint that you found in that location. Oh, amazing question. So I get, because I had that job, I frequently get asked what's my favorite state and also what's my favorite city. So my favorite state was Colorado, simply because of the amount of nature and all the things you can do there. But if I had to pick a city, it would be Miami, which I think most people find surprising because it's not that well known for being like, oh, this is my my choice destination. Interesting, Um, But I loved it because it had this perfect blend of having American culture in it and then also Latin American culture in it. So I loved Miami. I loved Little Havana. And the place that I would steer people to is not any specific restaurant, but just get a Cafe Cubano in Little Havana in Miami and sit, people watch. It's the most phenomenal thing. That's amazing. You know what? I I can tell you, I've gone to Miami quite a few times and the people watching in general in Miami is is something exciting. I think it's why LeBron took his talents there for a short term. (laughs) Uh, is you know just that opportunity to watch everyone who's going by, and you know I I, I don't blame you. I mean I I can't say I would choose Miami. Anna, where would you choose? Oh, uh, Portland. All right, Portland. Cool, cool vibe. I like it. I like it. Well, listen, this is this has been a, a ton of fun. I uh, I really enjoyed learning all about you, Bogdan. I'm glad things have gone well at LinkedIn. Everyone can definitely check out some of the content you're creating there. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Connex, the content experience show. I'm Randy Frisch on behalf of Anna Harak. 
Thanks for this making is this Jay part Bear, of the podcast listening. listening. To the content Until next show, time, please we'll leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.